Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi how can i help you today as a mcdonald's employee you say those words quite often but how about when you need help like consulting a doctor hi how can i help you today when you work for a mcdonald's restaurant we take care of you like family with free virtual doctor's visits, including getting prescriptions and refills for you and everyone in your family. Apply today at careers.mcdonalds.com and find out more. The benefits described herein are only available at participating restaurants. Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners. Goldilocks Productions presents the Live from Little Bear Sanctuary Show with Christopher Vane. Enjoy topics such as the vegan lifestyle, sanctuary media highlights, and spotlighting new rescues. Happy Friday, friends. Welcome to Live from Little Bear Sanctuary. I'm your host, Chris Vane. All right. Who's, who's here in the studio with me today? Uh, say hello uh, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. You guys already know you need to sign in and ask some questions. Let me know who's here. Um, this is the, uh, it's been, it's been, it's talking behind the studio. Uh, uh, it's been, a, it's been quite a challenging week uh, for those of you. Um, those of you who know my husband, Randy, um, his, his mom passed away Friday unexpectedly. So um, we've been dealing with a whole bunch of stuff. We had some dog fights going on and, Unfortunately, we had to euthanize one of our pigs, so uh, it's been that kind of a week. And uh, I know Mercury's in retrograde, so maybe maybe that has something to do with it. Anyway, that, that's uh, that's that's been my challenge this week. Um, so yeah, here I am. I get to spend my Friday with you guys, so I'm I'm excited. I'm always excited to be here on a Friday. Uh, what else can I tell you guys? You know, if you miss any episodes, we're on demand on the Goldilocks Productions uh, Facebook and YouTube. And of course, on the Little Bear Sanctuary Facebook and on the Little Bear Sanctuary website. 
Uh, all right. I've got I've got a special co-host here today. I brought Tulip into the studio with me. She uh, <laughs> she's I'm trying to keep her busy with apples. We'll bring her on a little later. Uh, nice. That's sweetie. Little piglet here with us. All right. So let's get right to our first our first guest today. Um, <clears throat> so. My guest today made his film debut with his award-winning documentary, Humans and Elephants. Uh, it, the film was the official selection of the International Vegan Film Festival. He was a finalist in the Forest City Film Festival, an official selection of the Colorado Environmental Film Festival. Welcome to the studio, Alex Leonard. How's it going, Alex? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me here, Chris. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you and to yeah talk a bit more about my documentary. Yeah, awesome. I, I a lot of people were looking forward to this. Um, a lot of people love elephants. Yeah, so it's, um, I, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about elephants today. So why elephants? Where did where did um, where did that passion come from? How did it? Yeah, work? yeah. So my passion for elephants really started in um, grade twelve. and I had an environmental science class, and in that class. We had to fundraise. One project was fundraising uh, locally. So they were fundraising for Salt Haven, which is an animal wildlife rehabilitation center just outside of London. Another group. So the, the class was split into threes. Somebody else was fundraising for Sea Shepherd, so a national-based organization. And then I was part of the third group, and we were fundraising for an interna international. So we were fundraising for Elephant Nature Park in Thailand. And it was that fundraising project that really introduced me to the well-being of elephants, really kind of inspired my interest. Um, following high school, uh, I had the opportunity to go and to do some volunteer work at an orphanage in Cambodia. And during my weekends off, I went to uh, Elephant Valley Project, which is in uh, southwestern Cambodia in the province of Mombukuri. So I was able to visit Elephant uh, Valley Project there. And then also after that two-month period uh, working at an orphanage, I decided to travel a bit myself. And I was actually able to go visit Elephant Nature Park uh, just outside of Chiang Mai in northern Thailand and oh. see firsthand, you know, at, at the age of 18, the ripe age of 18, um, <laughs> how our money that we had been sending was being used to plant trees, to feed elephants, to buy more land. And so like going from, you know, selling packets of gum with elephant facts on them on like, you know, bake sale in your high school to like a few months later, actually being with those elephants was a very eye opening experience. And from that point on, it has stayed a persistent theme throughout my life as something that I'm passionate about, whether it's through creating artwork about elephants, whether it's through advocating through them, whether it's through this film or doing other research, that's kind of been a kind of key, a key voice that I've had. That's how it originated. So Mr. Wow. Campbell's uh, class, environmental science wow. class. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah, that's uh, 18 going overseas visiting the elephants um what was um what was your first impression um i know that uh especially with tourism the elephants are used for uh elephant rides and all that stuff which uh is pretty sad actually uh what was your experience like what was the uh 
What were your first impression? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. So my introduction was really Elephant Valley Project. So in Cambodia. Uh, and in Cambodia, at that location, which is a sanctuary, you do not uh, you do not ride the elephants. You do not touch the elephants at all times. Um, so they have domesticated elephants that are elephants that are once Shri elephants that have come here um, to live the rest of their life in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Probably very similar to the work you do with the little bear sanctuary. Um, and then they also have in that park uh, completely wild elephants that have lived in this 300,000 acre park or, um, or yeah, area that they, that they protect that have been wild the whole life. And those mm-hmm. elephants you have to keep 20 feet away from or 20 meters, like even further. So quite a bit, quite a distance. Um, and so with that experience, it was it was nice to see them at such a distance. Um, and I learned that if you are within, say, five feet uh, or five meters within an elephant, um, their vision isn't great. So they can actually be quite stressed out. And it can, you know, that's why we keep that distance at that location. I didn't know that one. Uh, and having gone from there to then the Elephant Nature Park, um, you know, Elephant, so Elephant Valley Project is still pretty small. You know what I mean? Like I was in a group of size of so like 10 people. Uh, it was quite small. Going to Elephant Valley, um, so Elephant Nature Park in Northern Thailand, like a few weeks later, it felt very larger and people yeah. were very much more like feeding elephants over railings and getting close to elephants. And so... I had an interesting experience because I wasn't on, like I came with like a group, but then I met Jody Thomas, who is one of the co-founders, uh, like with Lex and uh, Lex's husband, Derek, for those who know um, those individuals at that part. So I spoke with Jody and actually spent the whole entire day with Jody, her walking through and explaining things to me. And that was one of the first things I brought up to Jody is I said, well, why are we so close? Like, why are we getting able? Why are we able to touch elephants here? Because from what I heard, like just a few weeks ago, like this is a stress point for them. And she was like, you know, thank you for bringing this up. And I don't even know if I should be saying this, but you know, between me and you, like just a candid conversation, I think it's probably important to say. She had actually said to me right then and there, she's like, Alex, if we could go back in time and do what elephant valley project is doing because he's like i know yeah we like close communication she's like we would do what they've done we have built an experience here at elephant nature park where people do get to feed the elephants get up close with them and she says it's come to a point where they're almost desensitized to it but that's the experience that we're offering and to to change that it, it, it almost goes against the green. It goes against the experience that we've built up and what we're known for. But if yeah. we could do it from the beginning, we would we would have given them that distance. Yeah. So that, I mean, I think it ties into your original question, like what kind of hit me the most? Yeah. It was that. It was understanding that one is so successful, has the National Geographic, the BBCs, all this coverage. And yeah. yet they look at this the smaller players and like, oh, well, you know, they've actually done it right from the get-go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, it's, it's challenging when you run any type of sanctuary where the animals stay forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I was, I, I, I thank you for letting me watch your film, by the way. I loved it. Um, I, uh, I was, uh, 
I don't want to give too much of it away, but uh, I love the, the, the part of the film where it talked about um, specifically the humans interacting with the elephants and how they had to have a separate area where they actually planted stuff for the elephants. Right. So they had their mm-hmm. own separate want to tell everybody a little bit about that part. Cause I really thought that was really cool. And so you're speaking about how, in in humans and elephants within Sri Lanka and the conflict mitigation, how they will create separate um, natural barriers. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's something that's super interesting, um, and it it's it's research that was started in Sri Lanka that now mm-hmm. has been adopted uh, widely, and it's common research. How can we keep elephants away from? farms, uh, particularly in a rural area, that's hard to monitor. Um, and how do we keep them away, but how do we do it so it's sustainable and it's cost effective? Uh, the predominant approach now is to use electric fences or large fences. Now, elephants can break through that and often injure themselves. And it's so that's it's not cost effective and it's not really sustainable. It takes a lot of energy to keep those fences juiced up so yeah. that anything contacts them. And then there's also the byproduct and you're creating barriers between areas that is their natural terrain, which is a whole other conversation. Um, what the Sri Lanka Wildlife Conservation Society found out is that elephants do not like the smell of citrus. They don't mm. like the smell of lemons and oranges. And so what they've done is they've started to give farmers trees, lemon and orange trees to plant around the property of their, um, you know, of their farms. And the reason being is that elephants naturally smell this, don't like it, and then therefore stay away. So that's you're, you're planting trees. Elephants are not raiding your crops. And now these farmers are getting more food and more uh, economic um, viability, right? Because yeah. if you have, you know, it's a whole other crop for them, essentially. That's just a perimeter crop. That's not even the main wheat or rice that they're typically growing. Um, and, you know, the next step is how can they, and they're working on this now. It's been a few years, um, you know, since I've been away. This was in 2018. But at that point, they were developing how can we market this now to um, to like the, the grocery stores in Sri Lanka. And one of the biggest leading grocery stores was buying X amount of these oranges yeah. from them. Wow, very cool. That's yeah. really interesting. Hmm. What? Um, sorry, I have a pig running around. So <laughs> she's, no, circling totally my, cool. she's circling my feet. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So, well, that knocked that question out of my head. Sorry. Uh, It's okay. okay. I'm enjoying this so far. Let's keep going. Live shows, right? (laughs) Um, So I know that you you started this at 18. Um, You were less there, 2018, did you say? And so Sri Lanka, I was in at 2018. That's 2018. And when are you going back? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it's a good question. Um, for me, to be honest, my next film is not going to be on elephants. Okay. Um, 
it, it very well could be. So there's a part in the film right at the end um, where I, you know, I understand. And it was something that when I was making this film, I mean, I've been trying to make this film for a while. Um, but with COVID last year, it, it gave me the time and the freedom to actually work on my passion project, finish this documentary. Um, but it also I was faced with this existential, like why am I making a film about people when they travel when nobody's traveling? Right, like, what is the point about talking about ecotourism when people are not even being tourists? People are confined to their houses, right? And so, you know, that was a mental roadblock that I had to overcome to be like, no, like this film is honestly like more important now because people actually have time to watch things like this, to yeah. think about when they travel again, right? Like, people will travel again. Right. It's not a question of if; it's a question of when. So, you know. It's like, yeah, just do it. Get it out there. Um, the next, to come back to your question of when I, when I go back, um, I have a personal goal to hit 30 countries before I hit 30. I'm, right, uh, I'm 26 right now, so i got four years left, and I've been to 21 countries. Um, right. So I'd like to perhaps visit uh, nine other countries first, kind of on my bucket list. Um, but the next film that I want to make – I want it to be about um, wildfires and I want it to be a longer uh, film. So like 40 to an hour, a minute in length. Um, and I want it, I want to feature places in the Amazon and Australia and, you know, California and um, BC and really talk about where these fires are most pressing uh, because in at the end of my uh, film, I show, the credits before I go to like the main credits, um, just giving thank yous and raising awareness about some of these sanctuaries that are involved in the film. Um, I have this information over top of uh, drone footage that I got of these wildfires that were like this huge issue at the time, but it yeah. was like, just like a piece of like, Oh yeah, that's just something else that, oh, that happens every year. But like, you know, and we're there doing research on the elephants, but it's like, as we're doing research on elephants, we need to leave because this wildfire is like raging across the, the land in northern Sri Lanka. There's no fire brigade, you know what I mean? It's totally rural. There's no regulation or ways to stop this. And no. so they just let the fire just sweep through everywhere. And like, but it's not, you know, it's not a Commonwealth country, yeah. you know, it's not north america so you're you're never going to hear about these fires and on top of that i was able to fly my drone there a lot of shots in this film were with my drone and i got all these like stunning but also like horrific scenes of the wildfires that i only just use at the very end of the film yeah. but i have an interview with the lead scientist about why these wildfires so I want to tie that context into my next film and really focus on the wildfires and like yeah. climate change. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think uh, most people don't realize that these wildfires, uh, a lot of them have to do with the over the deforestation, the uh, use of animal agriculture, the lands that's used just I mean, in California alone, it's like the largest state of animal agriculture. And I mean, the, the, the wildfires there are and out of control. And yeah. that's what I'm trying to put them out. So I can't even imagine a place like Sri Lanka where nothing happens. Uh, it's got to be crazy. Yeah, How is that affecting, 
how is it affecting the like the natural habitat for elephants? Is it a major destruction? Yeah, so it's something that I bring up, um, and and so the scientist makes a point. He's like, you know what? Like, the the larger animals are okay. They they get out of the fire. Yep. Um, and it's actually it's somewhat beneficial to them. And, you know, like my, so I work nine to five, like I have my AL media production, video production company outside and technically humans and elephants. Like I, I branch out as part of the production company, but my nine to five is with a forestry company. Um, and so we, you know, we support sustainable forestry. And the, the, the problem is that when you don't have sustainable forestry management, when you don't actually have someone actively managing and taking care of a forest, that's when a forest can become literally a tinderbox. And yeah. that's when you have, you know, trees that grow old and then they die. And then if they're not taken out, then they just, they become literally just kindling waiting to go. Right. And so how, so you see that in Sri Lanka where you have these old forests and these old jungles, right. The wa- larger wildlife like deer, um, leopards, uh, elephants, right. They can all escape the fire. Yeah. Right. You know, to a certain point, they can just go to the next jungle until that right, jungle right. is burned. Right. You know, there's yeah. obviously a lot of diminishing returns here, some sort of fancy term for this. Um, it's the smaller wildlife, it's the rodents, it's the birds, it's the insects, it's the reptiles. They are the ones who get burned. They can't yeah. get out. So yeah. that that's where we're seeing more of fire damaging wildlife is in the smaller sentient beings mm-hmm. rather than the larger animals, they will be good. And they almost need the fire. Yes, this is the point I was going to make. They need the fire because fire burns through the through this land and actually creates, a, if the jungle canopy is too much, we're not getting sun and then therefore they lose their vegetation. Everything's at the top, right? Yep. So in clearing that, you know, you allow new growth to happen. So there's there's something to be said for strategic fire management. However, a lot of the times it's not started strategically. It's started by, say, a hunter who's trying to to weed out those larger animals and then they don't, they can't control it. Yeah. I have a question from somebody watching that um, he wants to know, do you talk about the importance of not riding elephants? Yeah, I do. So that, so I talk about it and, um, you know, I was asked recently if I could do anything differently in the film, what would I change? And um, I would change that I kind of glaze over it. Like I, I talk about it and I talk about how common it is to see. I talk about social media. You look up elephants and like, you know, hashtag elephants, everything's elephant riding. And these are common yeah. frequently posts. Yeah, um, yeah. And I talk about why this is bad and why we shouldn't ride elephants, but I don't go into detail as to why. And it's a question that I've heard from other friends and family who have watched and they want to, oh, why is it bad to ride elephants? And so there's a few reasons, and I'll, I'll go over here for you and your viewer. Um, the main reason that it's bad to ride elephants is because of the stress that it actually puts on their spine and on their neck. And that if they're consistently doing this on a frequent basis, that's going to add a lot of um, pressure and can actually, there's been studies that have shown that riding elephants can reduce its lifespan by half. 
Wow. So elephants on average live up to 40 to 60 years, but you know, quite some long time, right? And not as long as human, but pretty good for wildlife. Yeah. Um, we can cut that down to 20, even, you know, 30 years, best case, just if they're always riding. So it's incredibly painful for them. And it puts a lot of pressure on their neck and on their spine. Um, the best, you know, I don't want to say the best because you just shouldn't be. But if you look at uh, certain sanctuaries that do allow it, like they have a one man hoot who will ride an elephant. Um, and that man hoots just like an elephant's companion. They okay. will always ride on the neck because they have a tougher neck because their head's so heavy and they have, to, so they have stronger muscles on their neck where you really want to avoid it when you just avoid it altogether. But places where they're riding on their back, like on their spine, that's just like, Oh my God, like brings me to tears to see. Yeah. Um, so I, like, I didn't go into this too much in the film. I kind of talk that it's a problem, but I don't explain why it's a problem in greater detail. And that's something that I kind of thinking back now, wish I almost had taken that time to, to dive in. And, and what about just in general, like the way they're treated to just have a person to be able to get on them and ride them? Don't they have like those big hooks that they. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that's something that you definitely see, right? Um, it depends on where it is. You, you don't, to be honest though, like there is, I would say a trend that's avoiding riding elephants. Um, yeah. the, the problem is though, it's like if you're going to say countries like in India or Southeast Asia, or, you, you know, I, that's kind of where I don't, can't speak so much definitively for Africa because I've never been, and that's a whole different um, species of elephant. Yeah. Uh, but particularly within Asia, um, right now, and what I saw even when I was in there in 2013, you go and you get off the like Greyhound, or not Greyhound, you get off the bus. And, you know, there's somebody there, hey, hey, you want an elephant ride, right? They come in yeah. up and they're trying to sell you an elephant ride. Or they'll try to sell you on, hey, come on this majestic walk to the local waterfall, no riding elephants, because they knowing that as Westerners, we are, you know, saying, no, we shouldn't be riding. Everyone tells me I shouldn't be doing this, right? Some people, some people still just do it because they're ignorant to this kind of thing. Um, but here's the problem with those experiences and why I would advocate to always go to an actual sanctuary and not to just take the elephant. And it was explained to me actually by Jody uh, at the Elephant Nature Park. What happens is you see an elephant um, and they're say they're captured in the wild, the, their spirit's broken. Um, and so that means they're kept in the small blocks, right? And they kept there until they essentially break the elephant's spirit so that they do succumb to commands. Um, and that family, so you will have a family who passes the elephant along year after year. Oh, wow. And what happens is if you were, say, a small rural family kind of near a uh, say, a more popular destination, you may get that elephant for one year. And it will it could be not six years because it has to go through all the family members in different provinces and things like that in these countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you only have it for one year out of six out of every six years, you're going to try and maximize the amount of profit as possible by getting yeah. that elephant every single day to to take tourists to walk up the hill to come back to carry people on its back. Right? Yeah. You don't. You're not going to give the elephant a break because this is your like this is this year you're making good money from working with tourists as opposed to maybe traditionally you're in the farm. Um that elephant never sees a period of rest because they every year are going from family to family, to family, to family, 
who and each family is always trying to to capitalize on this this labor and you know i think we also have to understand like it's very easy for us to criticize that behavior but we don't have the same you know they have different opportunities right like we don't we're not in the same culture totally different culture totally different you know economic stability you know political stability right so you know i i don't blame these these people who want to maximize the best amount of their revenue through you know i mean i don't want to say animal exploitation exploitation that's essentially what it is right yeah absolutely but it's like you have to understand the, the greater system in which we as tourists are normalizing this. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, knowing that it's like, well, that's not even, you know, they should never really be with these families in the first place. Like, so spend your money, you know, even if it's not riding elephants, still be wary of, of that kind of one-off experience. And that's why I say yeah. like, find, find the sanctuary, find somewhere where, you know, they're actually caring for elephants long-term and it's elephants well-being is forefront. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, yeah, I guess, um, you know, we, you're in Canada, I'm in the U S you know, we're, uh, we have a different lifestyle. We have a different culture. Uh, um, it's, uh, uh, to, to know that an entire family's life is, you know, put on this elephant. It's, it's really, you know, how do you, the only way to break that is by us being more responsible and not, not partaking in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, interesting. I didn't know any of that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so you're very accomplished. Uh, you got your master's in environmental sustainability in uh, at uh, Western University, and by the you say London, but you're London, uh, Ontario, right? London, Ontario, that's correct. Yeah, right. yeah, you never know, right? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you don't have the British accent. I, I knew you were from Canada. Um, I, I love where you're going with the wildfire thing. I think, wow, that's it's it's um, you know, especially the past two years with the Amazon rainforest just burning to the ground. Um, yeah, I think you've got something that could be um, pretty amazing there. You, have you been to the Amazon? Never. I've never actually been to South America. And it does make me a bit nervous. Um, I, I studied abroad in the UK and I took a course called Broadcast Journalism and Ethics. And they told me in that class, we had a speaker come in who works with um, uh, protection for journalists. That's like, they're like a security, essentially. Okay. Uh, it was just a guest speaker. And they said that their number one spot journalists are being killed is male political journalists in South America. That's like statistically speaking, the highest uh, probability if you are a journalist where you're going to be killed. Um, And so I'm like, I want to, you know what, you know, and that's just right. Like you go there, you try to make a film about wildfires and deforestation and you don't know, you know, who, which cattle farmers I'm going to piss off who are going to send somebody after me. Right. So like maybe I start with our shit, you know, so that's kind of a little bit, but I also think like, you know, you got to take risks at at times as well. And, you know, you just, you be safe. Like people do it. It happens. People go there and report all the time. So you'll need like some local bodyguards or something. Something not at all, yeah. yeah. And maybe you know, maybe you just are respectful. I, I don't again. I don't, I don't want to you know speak in general here. Or yeah, no, I, 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 um, 
but that would be that's kind of my next two year three year plan maybe even the five year plan is to make that film i want to also see if i can get uh, government funding behind it as well like to help pay for those flights you know like get some money from you know um, I, don't, I don't know about the U.S., like from a Canadian context, there's things like Ontario Creates, National Film Board of Canada, things like this, yeah. right? Probably similar yeah, agencies cool. yeah. in the U.S. Very cool. Um, you're vegan? I am. Yep. I've been, vegan, been vegan for four years. Four years. Awesome. I know you said you told me your whole family's vegan, right? My whole family is, yeah. Look, that's, whole uh, family uh, is, even like the cousins, and we have like a food facebook shout out to the lennox and boyd family uh, yeah <laughs> i i you know we obviously we talk about veganism a lot here and um, we're, we have a 21 day vegan challenge coming up and nice. and i always tell people the hardest part about being vegan is your friends and family so it must be amazing to have their support and everybody on board with that that's got to be really amazing yeah. yeah it's so good and i mean like London, Ontario has a really strong vegan community. Like uh, there's a lot of vegans in here, um, in here being like in the city um, yeah. and Canada as well. Like for me, I think, yeah, friends and family is hard. I think also it's, it's like when you eat out and certain, exp- you know, I mean, a lot of friends. So if I go who aren't say like, core core friends maybe sometimes will question that decision being a vegan or you know people will make jokes out of it and things like that but like there's always somebody there's always someone who's gonna make some stupid comment um (laughs) yeah like i don't know i try to not let that stuff kind of weigh me down and i mean i was i was saying that right before and kind of the backstage here but like you know i think vegans do get a bad rep for sure right they definitely do. Um, and at times, though, I, I feel conflicted because I don't want to continue to that bad rep, but I also yeah. want to help educate people right? and not just be, you know, a passive vegan who's not, you know, or always a vegan who's speaking uh, to the choir. Right. Right. Yeah. Like it's easy That's a for huge me. problem. I see that every day. Yeah. It's like, I don't need to see the animal slaughter pics. I don't need to, you know, I'm already on board, right? So, and then you, like you said, the opposite is, you know, are you the annoying vegan that people are just like, ugh, you know, so it, it's, it's a, it's a difficult balance sometimes. It's like, I can always post things in the community groups, like the, the London uh, community group for vegans, the Canadian community group for vegans, right? There's yeah. other vegan Facebook groups I'm in that I, you know, I'm, I'm active in, um, but it's like, you know, but again, right? Like I'm just preaching to the choir. Like I, and I try to slowly um, expand that to, so it's not only just, you know, saying things to people who are already on board. Um, but yeah, like the best way is to just kind of, you know, speak on speak openly and really don't push your, your perspective. And I think, you know, just having that conversation, right. Absolutely. It's valuable. I always could like to come from a more positive look, you know, this is what I eat. This is how I live my life. I have a pig stuck in a wire. Give me one second. I'm really sorry, guys. No worries. Happy to keep talking about the film. Um, yeah, if you're enjoying it. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to keep talking. <laughs> oh, gosh, my life. <laughs> you're doing so, great, Chris. Uh, tell me something else. Did, did we cover everything we needed to? Did you want to mention any of these vegan um conservation centers. I know that on your website, you've got the full list of um, 
the, the um, various sanctuaries, uh, if people want to make a donation or get involved, um, how can, other than donating, is there any other way people can get involved here without having to go there? Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I have all that on my website. Thank you for bringing that up on the screen. Um, one thing that I am super excited about is we mentioned it right at the beginning, the Colorado Environmental Film Festival. Uh, that's, that starts today. You can oh, see wow. my, yeah, you, so you can see my film um, in the wildlife um, category. It's like wildlife one. There's like different categories by films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all online virtual, of course. And for, I think, like 10 USD, you can watch my film and five others, one of which is a really, really cool for- film. It's by a German filmmaker. She's done a bunch of uh, really innovative stuff. And it's called um, Nature Without Borders, I believe, or Animals mm-hmm. at the Border. And yeah. it's all about a wildlife um, and how geopolitical borders affect the movement of wildlife. So she studies like leopards at the U.S.-Mexico border and now, you know, uh, like the the border wall there and how that's impacting wildlife. Uh, And then also places in Eastern Europe uh, into the Middle East and the whole anti-migration border walls that are coming up and how that's impacting, you know, the the bears and other wildlife over there. Really, really cool documentary. That's part of the package in wildlife number one. Uh, Colorado Environmental Film Festival runs from today to February 22nd. Uh, The the website for that is CEFF.net. So I highly... CEFF.net. Yeah, C-E-F-F, Colorado Environmental uh-huh. Film Festival, yeah, .net. Yeah, Check it out. There's going to be a lot of great films uh, happening. I'm super excited. Um, something I didn't do for the first festival that I wish I did more is promote around my film being at these festivals because um, yeah. it's a way that you can see it. You, you know, you're supporting, you're supporting my film, but you're also supporting such a great cause as well. So I think that yeah, that would I, be I, awesome. I, I yeah, I, I'm glad I got to watch your documentary. I'm definitely going to check it out again and, and check out some of these films. It's a, like like you said, it's a great way to support filmmakers like yourself. Um, AL Media is your media company. That's correct. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that? So yeah. Knows, uh... Absolutely. So yeah, so AL Media is my production company. So I specialize really in creating video content for social media. Uh, and the niche that I serve is environmental social enterprises and small businesses. Uh, every client that I work with, I try to make sure that they align with one of the 17 sustainable development goals. That's kind of like my uh, my arcing uh, approach, arching approach. Um, I also paint murals. That's another big portion of my business deliverable. So designing large scale uh, murals for often, this one's a bit different of a niche, but more like on the business side. So brick and mortar locations, whether it's on the inside of a building, the outside. I used to do a lot of murals at events. So painting live in an event over three days, obviously COVID's kind of threw a wrench in that. Um, But that's so, yeah. So AL Media Productions, you can check that out at Alex Leonard Media dot com and yeah i just you know i want to give back and uh so another thing actually i'll, I'll give a shout out to is my podcast and it'd be great to have you yeah yeah so i have so i do have a podcast as well it's called the creative kind podcast and i speak with entrepreneurs who have been able to turn their passion into a profit uh, and each season is really focused on a niche that's something that i'm interested in 
Um, so right now I'm finishing season um, two, which is focused on people who work in the entertainment niche that are creators. Season three is going to be focused on uh, environment. Uh, sorry. So season three is all about filmmakers. So everyone who works kind of behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Season four is going to be founders and CEOs of companies. And then season five, I plan to be environmentalists. Very cool. I have to check it out. Yeah. All right. So new episode every Thursday for that. Myself. Every Thursday. All right. Thursday. And now all this is on your website. Yes. You can find everything on my website at Allison and Media. Uh, you you're know, on Instagram, you're on Facebook, you're you're all over the place. Oh, oh, I'm all over the place. If you want to connect with me, the best way is probably LinkedIn or Instagram. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Alexander Leonard. Um, and then on Instagram at Alex Leonard Media. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to talk about? Um, we cover everything? Yeah, I mean, I think we covered a lot. Like, I mean, I'd like to hear a little bit more about you, Chris, but I, mean, I know it's my interview. So, like, I was your interview. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I'd like to l- learn a little bit more about your show and about the work you do at a Little Bear Sanctuary and how you started this live stream. I think that's pretty Oh, cool. gosh. I'm being interviewed now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> my, um, you know, I, t- I tell everybody, um, I I, uh, I sort of feel like I've come like a full circle from um, from when I was a young little kid because I'm old. And uh, I always wanted to be a veterinarian, ended up in human health care, go figure. Did that for a long time. And uh, my parents retired to Florida. I'm the only child. So I moved down here in 03 kind of burnt out in the human medicine field, uh, did a lot of, um, I was the director of an HIV AIDS clinic in East Harlem, poorest, poorest part of the country. Um, did a lot of research for the once a day medications, um, a lot of, uh, stressful job. saw a lot of sick people. So, uh, I felt, uh, uh, I, I did my part for my community and I, I moved to Florida, be closer to my parents, became a realtor of all things <laughs> for for many years. And I was at a real estate seminar on following your passion for real estate. And I had a light bulb moment. I was like, this isn't what I want to do. You know, I was uh, I had been vegan for a few years. Um, I was really wanting to make a difference for animals and do something rewarding and and, and I it literally, it was a light bulb moment where I just said, I'm going to open an animal sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And, and Alex, the day I did that, all the doors started opening. You know, I, I, wow. I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out on social media. I had no idea how I was going to do it. Right. But I just said, you know, I told everybody I'm going to open an animal sanctuary here. I'm a realtor in Miami. And, uh, I became a vet tech, um, within six months I wanted to, really be prepared medically because that's the biggest expense for most sanctuaries is the veterinary care. So I said, you know what, I'm going to become a vet tech. Might as well add that to my list of uh, accomplishments. Uh, found an amazing doctor here in, in Punta Gorda who I worked with for many years. He's on our board of directors now. Um, and he taught me everything I know about the animals. Um, my husband and I sold our house in Fort Myers and we found the perfect property um, to do this. Uh, started out on 10 acres and just by chance, the 20 acres next door came up um, 
for sale uh, about a year later. So we were able to get that. So we're on 30 acres, rescuing the animals. And that's the short story. <laughs> and we named it in, in memory of my mom. Her name is Ursula, which is Little Bear in Latin. Hmm. So that's, that's, that, that's, that's the very short version. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's super cool. Thank you for sharing with me that with me. Yeah, and, you know, I just want to recognize the, the great work that you're doing, having people like myself and the other guests that you've had on here and using your sanctuary as a, as a platform um, to share these voices. I think, it, yeah, it's a really innovative approach and I commend you um, for your efforts. And I guess kind of one of the last notes here and something you said there, that I want to maybe talk about, and maybe this could be some inspiration for somebody watching this now or in the future. You talked about that moment, that light bulb moment for you, right? When it yep. was like the aha, like this is what I need to do. And you said all the doors started opening. Yep. Right. So for me, like that's super interesting because I've always felt that my passion for elephants always opens the right doors. I don't know yeah. what it is, but there's something about me just being so like passionate about elephants and wanting to help them that it gave me a like $3,000 scholarship. I applied the re reason I even went to Sri Lanka to that was the kind of the genesis of, Oh shit, I need to create a film about this is because I, I was graduated from university, didn't know what I wanted to do. Saw an email promotion come in thought, Hey, what the heck? I'll just apply to this. Yeah. I'm just applying to jobs and they as well apply to this. Two weeks later, congratulations. Um, awesome. out wow. of one out of over five thousand applicants, you're one of our nine finalists. Wow. I was like blown away, right? <laughs> it was meant then, to be. But then from that point on, I got it was like a, a vote competition. I got the most votes. I won by a landslide. Do you know what I mean? So everything has always happened. The fact that we're even speaking right now, right? Yeah. I messaged you. I was like, hey, I'd love to come on your show, Chris, talk yeah. about my film. You were like, absolutely. I've messaged other people to talk about my business. Um, ghosts, flaked, right? Like yeah. no one, right? But the fact that for some reason this has opened doors. Now, you know what? You have to ask yourself, who who's opening doors? Am I opening the door? Are the doors mm -hmm. opened, right? Like where did these, I heard a quote the other day, um, that I really liked. It's by Jay Shetty. Uh, and it was, don't close doors in life. Let mm -hmm. doors close themselves for you and go through the ones that are left open. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I, I say this all the time, you know, when you follow your passion, um, when you truly follow your passion, um, the doors open. Uh, it, it's, you, you just, uh, you, you, I, I, at least this has been my experience, you know, you, it, it just happens that you meet the right people, you're in the right place at the right time, opportunities, the, the uh, people from your past, people, you know, new friends that you make, it, it all, it's, it's just amazing, you know, the community that I get to be a part of from making that one decision, you know, seven years ago. So, yeah. And I'm sure you, you're obviously on the same path too. So that's exciting. Um, I'm excited for you. You've done some really amazing stuff. And, uh, and thank you for being on the show today. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I hope we stay in contact. And no, yeah. absolutely. You're, you're definitely going to come back. I want to hear, keep me updated on your film and, uh, and you'll definitely, we'll, we'll definitely talk again. Amazing. Thank you so much, Chris. And thanks everyone for watching this um, now or in the future. Um, yeah, I really appreciate your time and check out
Colorado Environmental Film Festival. And I'm uh, definitely yeah. gonna watch. Yeah, have a good awesome. weekend. You as well, man. Yep. Take care. All right. Oh, I've I've <laughs> I've got a little piglet running around. It was great talking to Alex. I mean, lots of amazing information that I wasn't aware of, and, and I'm, I'm glad he was able to be a guest today. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, so I'm going to show you guys who's with me, my co-host today, because <laughs> she's running around in circles. Come here, sweetie. Come on. Everybody wants to say hello to you. Come here. Come here. You've been causing trouble. Come on. All right, guys. Here we go. Look at this little girl. There she is. This is Tulip. <laughs> Let me give her some bottle. Tulip is a feral piglet who came to the sanctuary a few weeks ago. She basically fit in the palm of my hand. You guys remember her. I had her on the show. She's, <laughs> she still loves her bottle. <laughs> Look at how big she's getting. Isn't this crazy? Yes, she's a big girl. And um, one of the other uh, hosts on, on one of the podcasts here, Jeremy um, Ryden, he, he was kind enough to fully spawn. <laughs> She's got, you got milk all over your face. You're making a mess. He was kind enough to sponsor this little girl fully. Um, come on, let's, let's wipe your face. Oh, my goodness gracious. You're just making a mess. So, yeah, Tulip, he named her Tulip which means I, I think it's unconditional love. And she is a messy girl. Say hi to everybody. Say hi. How cute is she? Yeah, she's a good girl. You want a little bit more milk? All right. <laughs> so yeah, this is what I get to do every day. <laughs> she's a good girl. She, <laughs> yes, Tulip is Jeremy's adopted daughter. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we, we, we have a ton of animal sponsorships available starting at 25 bucks a month and you get to, uh, you get a little picture and a bio of, of the, uh, animal that you want to sponsor. A full sponsorship for a pig is a hundred dollars a month, uh, or we get four people together at $25 a month or any combination of that. Um, yes, you're being you're being a sloppy girl. Yes, you are. You're making a mess. I'm covered in milk. Yep. Say hi, everybody. Say hello. Look at you. You got milk all over your face. Yeah. Are you being a good girl? I'm surprised she's being good. Normally, you cannot. <laughs> you want some more? Okay. Pigs do not like to be held. They're screamers. But because we've had her since a little baby, she uh, she does really well, and she's still in the house with us. She's uh she'll be ready to go outside and join the crew soon, right? I know, and you're making such a big mess. Look at the mess you're making. Yes, you're making a mess. You're a good girl. Yes, you're a good girl. We love you. We do. Yes, you're such a pretty girl. You going to sleep? You going to sleep? You are. Oh, yeah, everybody's watching you. Everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. Yeah, say hi, everybody. <laughs> say hi, everybody. Yes, you good girl. Let's wipe your face. Yeah, you're being, I know, I love you. I do. I love you. You're my good girl. I love you. Yes, I love you. Thank you for the kisses. Thank you. Yeah. All right. You want to run around? You can run around. How cute is she? 
Isn't she the cutest? So I'm, uh, how's everyone doing today? <laughs> All right. So, oh, I got to get my other sheets. Here we go. Our 21 day vegan challenge is coming up. I got the dates ready, everybody. We're going to, I'm going to do a pre show on March 26th. And what I'll do is we'll talk about all the stuff we need, the materials, the prep work. Uh, we'll do some general discussions. I'll try to have like a ton of different guests over the, over the four weeks um, to help us along to share recipes, uh, keep everybody motivated. Um, we're particularly this 21 day vegan challenge is, is really going to be based on a, a whole foods, whole foods diet. So um, and I did that because I'm such a crappy vegan eater. You know, I, I love my processed vegan food. It's so easy to run to the supermarket and buy a Beyond Burger and, and all the hundreds and hundreds and thousands of different uh, pre-prepared burgers and got ice cream, you name it. You know, it's all out there. So I sort of did this to challenge myself and other other vegans who, you know, who uh, probably eat the same way I do. So it's, it's, it's to challenge my, my vegan friends already vegan to, to we're going to switch to uh, actually whole foods. We're going to make some black bean burgers and eat fresh fruit and veggies. And, and uh, I'm lining up a ton of different recipes. We're going to have some websites. I'm going to put on, um, on the little bear sanctuary website. We're going to have downloads available for, shopping checklists, uh, how to make power bowls, uh, little charts. So, the, you know, we'll, we'll do this all a week in advance so you guys can be ready for April 2nd, which is when we'll start. And uh, and each Friday, we'll, we'll check in to see how everybody's doing. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll have a ton of different guests and, uh, and it'll end on April 23rd. And, and 21 days, it's easy, right? so easy. And also another reason I'm doing this is because it's affordable. Um, if, you know, beans, pasta, fresh fruit and veggies, you know, tofu, uh, legumes, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's available to everybody around the globe. Um, now, I'm not going to hate you if you buy some Beyond Burgers and, and go that route. I, it, whatever helps you guys make make that shift in your life you know um whatever whatever it takes you know I, i'm here to help you guys if you if you want to buy the the already made veggie burgers do it um if you don't think you can get we're really going to go sugar-free oil-free that kind of stuff i'm i'm personally not giving up the caffeine sorry guys i i just can't do it it's it's my it's my final uh it's 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 my drug of choice is caffeine and and that's how it's going to stay but if you think you can give up the caffeine great um gonna try to do it alcohol free um of course a glass of wine is perfectly okay but for for this 21 day challenge we're really going to try to eat really really well um and and that's something that i don't do i've a i've a i i failed my uh my cornell little uh, vegan test uh really really bad so um we're, we're basically going to do the uh how not to die diet um 
And this, it, the reason it's, 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 it's really clean whole foods. We, we, you know, if you have type two diabetes, if you have high blood pressure, if you're on uh, high cholesterol medication, this is the diet that you, you need to choose um, to reverse high blood pressure and the diabetes. I mean, you can reverse these diseases by changing your diet. Um, the Game Changers documentary, guys, put that on your list. If you haven't seen The Game Changers, you need to watch it. That, that's your assignment before, uh, before April 2nd. Uh, I think it's available on Netflix. I, I know... Tiffany, you watched it with your hubby. Was it on Netflix? Is it on Prime? It's probably everywhere. Um, oh, GameChangersMovie.com. I'm assuming there's links there to uh, to how to watch it. Um, and if not, probably right there on the show, um, right on the website. All right. <clears throat> what else can I tell you guys? Um, you know how to reach me, info, littlebearsanctuary.org. You guys shout out to me on Facebook, Instagram. You know, you guys know how to reach me. Uh, <clears throat> a couple other things. I got to, I got to say a big thank you to the uh, Winter Garden Presbyterian Church here in Port Charlotte. They have hooked us up weekly with fresh fruits and veggies um, for animals. How amazing is that? I've literally fill up my truck every Thursday. I, I, I love you guys. I love my community. Thank you guys so much. This means so much to have fresh veggies for the animals here. And I'm really excited to continue our partnership. That's the Winter Garden Presbyterian Church in Port Charlotte. You guys are great. Thank you guys so much for this. Um, my birthday, uh, February 23rd, I have my birthday fundraiser up on Facebook. Yay. You know, we, uh, we had some big hits to the budget in December, and January. Um, we, Oh God, the pig is chasing. <laughs> Come on, sweetie, calm down. <laughs> the camera's shaking. The pigs are running. Hi. All right. It's okay, sweetie. <laughs> so yeah. Birthday fundraiser is up on Facebook. We, um, we, as some of you, I know I talked about it on previous shows, the Charlotte County required us to get a special exception for the sanctuary. And that cost us over $3,000 in fees. Um, so that was a big hit to the budget in December. And um, we've, we've still continue to rescue. We brought in 13 new, new rescues so far this year. Our food budget is uh, up to $3,500 a month is, is just to feed the animals. Um, we had, unfortunately, this week we lost um, a really beautiful piggy. Um, it's, um, she was a very special pig. She was 12 years old. She came from a pig farm in upstate New York. And actually she's, she's has a special guest appearance on, uh, there's a documentary called the last pig you may have seen it. Um, and it's about, um, I think his name is Bob Comis. He was a, a pig farmer and, uh, he decided one day, that, oh, come here, calm down, calm down, come here. Oh my God. She's running around like crazy. Calm down. It's all right. There we go. So he had a pig farm. He made the connection to the animals and uh, he uh, he was able to get the pigs 
to various sanctuaries. He stopped pig farming, obviously, and uh, great documentary. Um, and so we've got two of his pigs, uh, now just one, uh, Paul and Christine. Christine passed, should be, unfortunately, she um, she stopped walking a few weeks ago. She couldn't use her back legs anymore. We tried everything we could, um, a lot of money in. Um, unfortunately, she had to be euthanized um, two days ago. She was an awesome pig. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a challenging uh, two months. So we're looking to raise $5,000 total. And, um, you know, a $5 donation from all of my friends would surpass that by, you know, 10 times. So uh, if you can afford it, check it out on Facebook. It's Chris's birthday fundraiser. You can't miss it. Um, I'll share it on the uh, Facebook, uh, Little Bear Sanctuary Facebook, so you guys can check it out. Um, thank you to everybody who who's donating on a regular basis. You guys are your guys are awesome. Uh, we have done so many amazing things in the past four years since we opened because of you guys. Um, this is your sanctuary. You know, I'm just the facilitator here. You know, we're a nonprofit. Uh, all the money that you guys donate goes directly to the care of these animals. Uh, we uh, got, I got a minute left, but we, we've made some really amazing changes to our board of directors, which I was going to announce today, but um, I'm going to go down the list really quick. New board president, Karen McCarthy. Yay. Love you, Karen. Thank you for doing this. Um, I'll be my, myself and Randy are going to be stepping down. I'm going to still be the executive director here, but our board is going to going to um, run as a board like it should. And we're at the point where that needs to happen. So Karen McCarthy, love you, sweetie. You're, she's going to be our board president. I'm going to remain acting vice president for a couple of months till everybody's up to speed. Um, Randy will be stepping down and he is going to remain director of operations. Jamie, our Jamie from Prana Run, who's been a board member for a few years, she is going to move into the board secretary position. And we're adding three new board members, Felicia Greenfield, Rescue Men, check her out on Instagram. Jamie Lynn, uh, co-owner of Sugar Taco in LA. And my incredible producer, Tiffany, she's also going to come up on the board with us. So we're really excited. My guest next week is, uh, is an herbologist. His name is Steve Sietos, and uh, I'm excited to interview him next week. I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, we love you guys, and uh, that's the end of the show. Um, remember, peace begins on your plate, guys. Have a great weekend. See you next week. Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments. Then head over to the Goldilocks Productions YouTube channel. With the huge selection of shows, the fun doesn't have to end. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.